Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. This is Episode 7 of the podcast, and it's the beginning of 2018, and a lot of you are probably planning to start new exercise programs, restart an exercise program that you may have let go to the wayside over the holidays. I know I did. Or you might just be continuing a program. Well, if you are, you may have questions about how to keep your feet and ankles healthy, especially if you're running or doing triathlons or any activities like that. Well, today we have a guest, Dr. Michael Coyer. He is a foot and ankle surgeon, doctor of podiatry, based in Orange County, California. And he's going to talk about his background. And as well, he's going to talk about foot and ankle health, the right kind of shoes to wear, things you should avoid, and common injuries. So stay tuned for that. I actually have some experience with this myself. About this time last year, I'm a pretty avid runner, and I was running on the beach, and I live by the beach, which is very convenient for running, but it's really best to do it at low tide because it's very flat. So unfortunately, I was running when it was not low tide, and it was on an incline, which is really not good for your feet, and just did something wrong and twisted my ankle and I couldn't run for at least eight weeks. It was a very minor sprain and it was amazing to notice what I couldn't do. And I really felt so grateful once I was able to run or even walk again. It's so amazing what we take for granted. So this year, I'm gonna take Dr. Coyer's advice and choose the right shoes, the right surface to run on, and follow the tips that he will tell us all about in this episode. This episode, he also talks about career changing. He was a former police officer who went back to school, to medical school, when he was a little bit older. So for any of you out there who have thought about doing a career change, well, this is for you. It's not easy to do, but it's very rewarding. And I was very inspired by my chat with Dr. Coyer. So stay tuned for that. If you have any questions for me, you can email me, Dawn, D-A-W-N, at teaspoonofhealing.com. I'm going to be featuring some listener questions in upcoming episodes. And you can also visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com, to read my blog, download transcripts, or read show notes. So let's talk to our guest now, Dr. Michael Coyer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Golf Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Don Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today we have a guest with us, Michael Coyer. He's a doctor of podiatric medicine, foot and ankle surgeon based in Orange County, California. Hi, Mike. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you for joining me on A Teaspoon of Healing. So, Mike, you could tell your listeners a little bit about your background. I know a little bit about it, and I know you came from law enforcement background, and you switched to becoming a foot and ankle surgeon and a doctor of podiatric medicine. Tell our listeners about your law enforcement background a little bit and how you made the transition into medicine. I was originally, or am originally from Michigan, which is a great place to be from when you live in Orange County for no other reason than the weather. And I had a a good opportunity, a life experience um, where I was employed for a sheriff department from the town that I grew up in. I started out as a deputy sheriff and then ultimately progressed to becoming a lieutenant. It was one of those careers that's, as you can see, just from listening and watching the news today, it's a pretty tough taxing career and the guys that are out there today. So it was something that I was, I was glad to be a part of at the time, but But as the years progressed, I kind of found myself looking for something that was maybe a little bit different, maybe a little less stressful, maybe a little less dangerous, and ultimately kind of decided to make a transition out of the law enforcement field. And where did you go to school for medicine and where did you do your residency? Um, When I made the decision to transition into medicine, I had to go back and take all the, the science classes that are required for for the uh, the medical college admissions test, which is the MCAT for, for any of the listeners that may or may not be familiar with it. And then after meeting the, the undergraduate requirements for, for school, I then went to um, Kent State, which is kind of in the Cleveland, Ohio area to obtain my medical degree, and then did a um, three-year surgical residency at the Cleveland Clinic. Just a little trivia for any of these Cleveland fans out there. First of all, it's the only city I think that actually had the river burn twice due to pollution, but I think they've cleaned that up, you know, not to bash on Cleveland. Of course, it is home of the Cavs, so they seem to be doing pretty well. And Mm -hmm. at some point, maybe the Indians will win the World Series, but (laughs) that's about where it ends. I I think I found paradise here in Orange County and I'm never leaving. So you are a foot and ankle surgeon, doctor of podiatric medicine, and you said that you specialize in sports medicine and sports injuries. Our practice is is based here in Orange County, which is it's a sporting based population, just really year round. So yeah, our focus is really to to treat the athlete, you know, whether it's the weekend warrior, high school, college, or even up to the professional levels. Anything to do with really, if it, if it involves surgery of the foot and ankle, that's what we do. So what are the top conditions? Maybe the top five conditions that athletes or weekend warriors or anybody coming to your practice will experience? And athletes, whether it's the casual athlete or a more structured athlete, are related to like overuse type injuries. So Google 5K race or Google, you know, soccer, badminton, picket, whatever, surfing from the couch to whatever. So we see a lot of overuse injuries where where you, you get off the couch and next thing you know, you're you're out running or biking or whatever it is you're going to do, and you get an overuse injury. So common things that we see, plantar fasciitis is a big one, heel pain, which is generally like some type of heel or arch pain, Achilles tendon injuries, other tendon pathologies we see pretty commonly. Ankle sprains are probably one of the 
the most common injuries that we'll see in the athletic population, you know, whether it's from basketball to soccer to runners. These are injuries that quite oftentimes, if they're not neglected, we can treat them pretty easily as long, you know, in the, in the hands of the right doctor, we can treat them pretty easily, get people back to their feet, back to their activities and back to their desired lifestyles pretty quickly. Unfortunately, oftentimes, you know, some of these things, while easily treatable, they can get a reputation as maybe becoming too easily ignored. And by the time they get to me, they've kind of neglected something or it's worsened to the point where something a little more significant is is required. So any of these sporting type injuries, it's never a bad idea in, to, you know, to go in and see somebody know, fairly quickly after the injury happens, if for no other reason than you know you're in good hands, you know you're properly evaluated, you know that it's it's nothing more serious than than what you believe it is, you know that you can move past it and stay active that much sooner. The more active we are as a population now, and as we age and stay active, we're able to continue that well into our later years. So by addressing problems early in age, avoid problems down the line. It's it's similar to smoking. You know, if, you know, smoking is probably the worst thing you can do to yourself. Um, if you're 20 years old and you smoke now, it, it's probably not going to bother you till you're 70. But when, you know, when you're 70, it's kind of too late to go back and unsmoke all those cigarettes. So, <laughs> but you know, whether it's a knee, hip, elbow, shoulder, whatever, an ounce of, an ounce of prevention is always better than neglecting it and having problems down the road that you wish you could have fixed earlier. Really good point. And I suffered an ankle sprain and I did get it checked out and it was so minor, but it really can derail you. I wasn't able to run for eight weeks. And again, I'm, I'm not an athlete. I'm just a weekend warrior. I just run for, you know, to stay fit and not be able to do that for eight weeks. It was, it was, it was really hard. If you're really used to being really active and not able to, it can affect a lot of your life. So what do you recommend for people who are runners, triathlon, people who run triathlons, maybe more of the casual athletes? What do you recommend that casual athletes do to keep their feet and ankles, just to keep them in the best shape and to prevent injuries? Are, are there certain things that people do that is like overuse or doing certain moves or wearing the wrong kind of athletic shoes? What can people do to prevent these injuries? That's another great question. And I mean, I, I have that discussion, you know, multiple times every day. So I think it's, it's everybody's burning question. How do I do the things I want to do and, and not hurt? You know, because if your feet or ankles are, are hurting, basically the rest of you is pretty miserable trying to stay active. So we're, we're a society now of instant gratification. You know, we want to get on the internet and we want to surf it right now. And I'm just as guilty. Um, you know, we want to go to the store and buy it and have it in our size and color and, and whatever as soon as we see it and we want it now. So I think one of the mistakes we make is to just kind of put the cart before the horse or push things a little too soon or too hard. So the number one tip I would give people, when you're ready to start an athletic program, don't you know expect to jump off the couch and be a marathoner. You know, overuse is probably one of the biggest problems that can derail, as you said, an athlete. So I think the best advice would be gradual transition from the current activity level to your desired activity level. So don't go out on day one and run 17 miles. Go out on day one and you know start chipping away at what you want to do. 
you know, you got to build a foundation before you build the house. So kind of gradual transitions, get on a a workout program that allows you to gradually go from your current activity level closer and closer to your desired activity level over a period of several weeks or even months, depending on what that is. People ask me all the time, okay, that's, that's great, but you know, what is that doc? You know, how do I do that? So (laughs) it's really, our bodies are smart. You know, pain is not a bad thing in a lot of regards. And we'll see that with our diabetic patients when they require amputations because they've lost their pain sensations. So pain is your body's way of telling you that, hey, you know, you're doing a little bit too much for me right now. So allow pain to guide your symptoms. You know, if, if you start a workout program and you're able to go a mile and feel comfortable, go your mile. And if it starts to hurt you when you get to a mile and a half, then that's a sign that, hey, maybe I need to back this off and my my limit now is a mile and a half. So if you kind of gradually work your way through whatever that activity is, whether it's running or you know biking, obviously your distance would be up some, but you work your way up to that level and you know, give your body time to repair itself and be smart about it. And you'll notice that this is one of those things where hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We hear the stories, all the, the phrases and the adages all the time, but they we can apply them to our daily lives pretty easily. So, so what seems like that first mile and a half is hard on day one, we're doing really well. And then next thing you know, we're looking back going, oh yeah, I'm doing five miles and I'm not feeling so bad. But then, you know, when we kind of, we wane off that a little bit, we tend to overuse it. I think the biggest in that regard is just be aware of overuse injuries, allow your body to guide your symptoms. And that's probably the number one thing. Secondly would be, you know, there's, there's a big push now. You'll hear people talking about minimalist running and barefoot running and, and all those things. And there is a place for that. You know, there are studies on both sides of it barefoot running versus, you know, and minimalist shoes and, you know, normal kind of run of the mill every day, what everybody knows to be a running technique, you know, heel strike toe off. Some of those, those things, while they're, they get trendy, they're, they're good for some people, but they're not good for everybody. And they're, they're probably not good for most people. So find something that works for you. You don't need to go reinventing the wheel, stay consistent with what works for your body. And just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean that it'll work for you. So as a general recommendation, barefoot running, minimalistic shoes, these non-supportive shoes don't work well for most people. So a good, usually like a stability type or stiff soled shoe works magic for most people um, when it comes to sporting injuries. And people will ask me why that is. Well, it kind of makes sense when regardless of what our, what our beliefs are, the human foot was really never designed to run significant distances on asphalt. The earlier years, we didn't really have paving companies to put roads out everywhere so or sidewalks. So to expect our feet to have adapted to that or have been designed for that isn't really realistic. So so a lot of times people will have problems, you know, either with foot sprains or joint pain or plantar fasciitis, pain in the ligament, and those overuse syndromes, which which can be diminished or alleviated just by, you know, a good stiff soled stability athletic shoe. It's not so much brand. These things are so common. It's, it's all basically written down in addition to talking about them, but it's not so much brand. You know, there are a, a lot of great shoes out there, you know, from Asics New Balance, you know, Brooks Mizuno, whatever. I mean, you Nike, you pick a name and it's out there. It's more about the structure of the shoe and um, there are good and bad in each line. So go to somewhere reputable, somewhere that knows how to service 
and treat athletic individuals in whatever sport you're interested in. Start strong early and, and you don't have to go back and try to try to repair injuries that would otherwise not occur. Here's a question. What is the best surface to run on? I'm a runner and asphalt, is it beach sand? Is it like a running track or a trail? So great question. Um, No one thing is great for everybody, but some of the things create problems more than others. And some of those problems are created based on, you know, everybody's individual foot structures or foot or ankle types or structures. So generally a flat surface tends to, you know, people tend to do better with that because the foot is really designed to be a mobile adapter. So you have to adapt to whatever the terrain that you're on, whether it's walking, you know, standing, running, whatever. So if you think about trying to stand on the side of a mountain, even just standing there, you have to, your foot or ankle has to accommodate that. So you're going to put more pressure on one side or the other. Makes sense, right? So if, if you're on level surfaces, you really don't have to make that accommodation that you would otherwise have to if you're on an unlevel surface. So you give an example of the beach. The beach, you're more likely to have some kind of ankle sprain or something like that without a supportive shoe than you are on level ground. So does that mean everybody shouldn't run on the beach? No. I mean, running on the beach is great. It's great exercise. It's great, a much harder workout, but there's a time and place for everything. So you have to be careful. And it also depends on the type of foot that you have. So, you know, running uphill, if you have foot pain or, or even running downhill foot or ankle pain, it's going to make that worse. So, you know, as a general rule, flat surfaces are probably better at least starting out because and you're you're less likely to develop an athletic injury being on a flat surface. Um, you know, some of the tracks we have, like some of these high school and college tracks are pretty amazing. They have really good surfaces that are forgiving and you're less likely to have an injury there. You know, I tell people all the time, it's like we live in Orange County, California. So, so everybody comes in and I mean, we, we have the beach all year, we have the sun all year. So I would never tell anybody to never wear high heels because I would Basically, I would be strung up in a day. That just doesn't work here, right? But everything in moderation is the key. So flip-flops, same thing. You know, you, you can't tell a 20-year-old kid to not wear flip-flops when you live in Orange County, California. But does that mean you should be wearing them for 20 miles? Of course not. Should you run on the beach? Well, you know, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't run on the beach either, but you just have to be smart about the situation for you. And some things work for some people, some some things work for others. Let your body be your guide. If certain activities bother you, then maybe you know they're not for you. I'll give. I mean, I'm not a golfer. I, I can't hit a golf ball to save my life. So you'll never see me on the golf course. I I'm a scuba diver, so I know how to swim. So basically, if you're a golfer that can't swim, you don't want to be scuba diving. And if you're a scuba diver that can't golf, you don't want to be golfing. And I guess I guess that's the best analogy I can put it. So about footwear, you mentioned high heels and different kinds of shoes. I'm someone who likes to wear high heels once in a while and switch into flip-flops. I pretty much live in flip-flops. So are high heels bad for your feet to wear, you know, on a regular basis? For the best health of your foot, what shoes really should you be wearing? Another great question. High heels are certainly not, I'm going to understate this on purpose. It's fair to say that high heels are certainly (laughs) not the best thing you could possibly wear on a regular basis. Um, we will see like (laughs) a higher degree of problems with foot pain and, and some progressive foot deformities in ladies who wear high heels because in a, you're in a tight toe, you're in a, you know, you're putting more pressure on the foot than what it was designed to have. 
you know, it's designed to really be in a flatter shoe. Um, so they're not great for your feet. But having said that, everything in moderation is another is another line that we can pretty much fall back on. So what I'll tell my patients kind of regularly is, should you be in high heels 14 hours every day during your day and expect your feet not to hurt? Well, the short answer is absolutely not. Of course, you know, it, they're, they're more likely to, to hurt because they're not as good for your feet. However, you know, it, if we go by our everything in moderation designation, if, you, if you're, if you wear high heels because you're going to go on the town and I guess everybody's definition of high is different too. High to me would be a half an inch because I don't know I, if if I had to walk in a half inch heel, I'd break my leg. So I don't know how I don't know how some of the ladies do it. It's impressive to be honest with you. But yeah, like a really high heel is always bad, like five six inch heel, whatever. But if you're going to wear heels, it should be in moderation. You know, if you're going to go hit the town and you want to, you know, go to dinner or you're going to an event, or you're going to a wedding or then it's really not as big of a deal. You should be sensible. If you're going out walking, hiking on your feet during the day, you're going to do better in a flat or a low heel with some arch support because it mechanically supports your foot more. You know, I, I tell people this pretty much every day. If you're willing to pay your penance in high heels because you, you, know, you know they hurt your feet, but you have to wear them to this dinner and you can accept that and, and get past it, then that's okay too. It's just our bodies as given were, they're pretty amazing. So So a lot of times... We tell ourselves what we really need to be doing, and you'd be amazed how many patients kind of know the answer to what they should be doing for their foot and ankle health before they even hit the door, and sometimes I think we just need somebody to remind us. Absolutely, and that's what you're here for, right? I am. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Mike. Where can people find out more about you if they're in the Orange County area? Do you have a website that people can look up just if they're interested in visiting you or anyone in your practice? So yeah, absolutely. Our website is orangecountyfootandanklesurgeon.com. It's all one word and it's easy to say in one breath. And you'll you can also just google my name if you google Michael Coyer DPM, it'll come up and um, we're happy to see you. We have our main office is in Irvine, um, right across from from Hogue Hospital, Irvine, and Hogue Orthopedic Institute, just off the five. So it's really easy to get to right on Sand Canyon. I'm there Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays all day, pretty much. And we also have a second office in Huntington Beach, where I see patients on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. And we just opened up a third office, actually. Things are going pretty well up in Orange, right across from St. Joseph Hospital. So if it's got a foot or ankle attached to it, we can certainly get you uh, get you taken care of. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. It was really fun to interview you, and I actually learned a lot, and I hope all of you out there learned a lot. And I'm going to be careful when I run. I do run on the beach, so I'll be really careful when I do that, and I won't wear high heels too much. (laughs) Run carefully and enjoy yourself. You're very unlikely to have a problem. The high heels thing, I'll leave that to the the wind. I think that speaks for itself, so... All right. Well, thank you again, Mike. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Dr. Coyer, you can email me at dawn at teaspoonofhealing.com. And that's D-A-W-N. You can also visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact and fill out the contact form and I'll reply. 
When you're at my website, you can also read my blog. I post there regularly. And you can also get show notes. And you can also download transcripts of the shows. Have a great week. And you'll hear from me again next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. 